today we can continue our series playlist. And last week we talked about this idea of worship in that season. And today we're going to think about this idea of lamenting and what does it mean for us to truly lament. And in many ways we're kind of pulling back the curtain on authentic Christianity, on authentic faith, and to be able to say our God is big enough that we can get angry with, we can get frustrated with him, and he can handle it. And so this morning we're going to be looking at Psalm chapter 13 here in just a moment and thinking about this idea of what does it mean for us to, to lament to God, to share our frustrations and our feelings with him. Here's what I want you to grasp this morning. True sorrow leads to a better tomorrow. True, authentic sorrow can lead us to a better tomorrow. Well, what are the reasons that we lament? We lament because of broken relationships, that relationships ended or relationships didn't work out like we want, and so we, we grieve relationships all the time. We are relational beings, and so it makes sense. We also grieve our health, that maybe some things aren't going right in our health-wise, and so we're, we kind of grieve those things, whether we can't run or we can't walk, whatever the different things are that health falls or fel- fails or falters, we grieve our health. We also grieve dreams, that there comes a point where you realize, hey, you're not going to be in the NFL, or you're not going to be president of the United States, or you're not going to be a doctor, or whatever it may be that either you have for yourself, or maybe you had a dream for your kids and your grandkids, and they're not going to reach that dream. And so that there's lamenting of those and the sorrow that comes from that. We're also in a long season of this thing called a pandemic. Have you all heard of that yet? All right, and so we're in this pandemic, and so we're in the midst of sorrow. There's grieving, there's pain, there's frustration, there's hurt. There's all kinds of emotions that are going on because of this season called the pandemic. As a matter of fact, drinking and the consumption of alcohol as a whole is up 23% across the nation. Why? Because we're in a pandemic, because people are grieving, because people are sorrowful, because people are in pain. And so what do we do with what is one of the reasons that we use alcohol? It's to medicate and to numb. And so alcohol has increased. Use of it has increased. The search for the word divorce and things around that has more than doubled during the pandemic. Why? Because we're with our spouse and with our family more than ever before. And so that word and how to get a divorce has more than doubled in the Google search over the last few months. Makes sense, because we're stressed. We're trying to figure it out. We have the stress of the pandemic and then everything about being close together. Some form or another, over 31 million people in some form or some fashion have applied for and needed unemployment. That's a lot of people. That's an increase for us. And so, again, there's a loss of a dream. There's a loss of income. There's all kinds of losses that go with that. And so in the midst of this pandemic, there's a lot of reasons for us to lament. For us, in particular, as Christians, to literally just shake our fists and say, God, why? Why do I have to wear a mask? How come I have to be quarantined 14 days? How come I'm the one that has to have COVID? All the different things that were going on are good reasons for us to lament and and just to be authentic and real with that. Just as there are seasons of life, there's also seasons of lament. And one of the seasons is the easy life. That everything is easy. It's this idea that you wake up in the morning and the birds are chirping and all the colors are true colors and you just, it's easy. Maybe a song would be like money, money, money. I mean, you, you touch everything and you've got the Midas touch. It's just life is easy. Y'all know those seasons where they're just, everything is good. That's a season in Psalm as well that the, that the authors of the Psalms sing about and talk about is sometimes life is just good and let's just acknowledge that life is good and in some ways easy and convenient. Another season of life is, 
it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. You ever been there where it's like, hey, I've got something going on and I'm gonna, I've got to voice it. I've got to talk about the frustration. I've got to talk about the pain. You're, you're in hurt. You're in anguish. There's suffering. And, uh, what, what song would you pick with that? I think of Johnny Cash's song, Hurt. And that just this idea of, of just this pain and anguish and you look at everything around you and it just reminds you of the season of pain and hurt and anguish that you're in. Another season of lament I like to call the Christmas morning life. It's this morning where you wake up and you have this perspective of excitement and enthusiasm and you can have a box there and a kid could open it up and they're just excited about it because they get to rip open the paper and there's this enthusiasm about what the gift is on the inside. It could be a wooden spoon and they're going to most likely, not maybe not these days, but there's going to be something in there and they're going to be excited about that gift. And do you remember those days when you were a child and you got up and you ran downstairs or you ran to the, to the Christmas tree and you were just excited to see the gifts. That's a season of life. And one of the interesting things about this Christmas morning season of life is that most of the time when we're in that season, it's because we've come through a difficult season, is that God provides for us new gifts and new perspectives. And the reason that we can see the gifts under the tree is because we've just come through a difficult season and God's opened our eyes and gives us a new perspective on life. It's because of the difficult season we've just come through. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm chapter 13 or open up your iPhones or Androids or computer or whatever in Psalm chapter 13. This is one of the lament psalms. And so there's actually a kind of a formula, just as people write songs today, there's different formulas for how to write a song and get it on the radio or whatever. There's a formula for lament. And so we'll talk about that here in just a second. But in Psalm chapter 13, here is one of the lament psalms. O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes, or I will die. Don't let the enemies, my enemies gloat, saying, we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But, as she said, the and yet moment, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. The first thing that I want you to see about this movement of the lament is this, is that lament gives voice to your pain. Lament, the ability to lament gives voice to your pain. How long, O Lord, are you going to do this? Is it forever? How long, O Lord? You see repetitively over and over. He's like, how long? How long? And this is in that moment, the lament gives voice to our pain. It's the recognition that the things that have been convenient, the things that have been easy, our house is beginning to fall and the circumstances are beginning to change and we're crying out because life is is changing for us. It's being dismantled. You see in this moment that guilt comes up, shame comes up, rage Resentment, isolation, despair, hatred, hostility, all these emotions begin to rise up with inside us. We kind of kept them in check because life's been easy. Everything's been going right. But now as the, the house, the Lego bricks of our house begin to get dismantled, things begin to change and life becomes inconvenient. We see things differently. We, in that moment, are no longer in control. We think when things are easy, we're in control. But when things begin to fall apart, we begin to ask these kind of tough questions of who's truly and control. Sometimes it happens because of a trauma. Sometimes it happens 
because of fatigue. One of the things that I was talking about a little bit earlier this week is how people answer the question of how are you doing has changed. Prior to the pandemic, when you'd ask somebody, how are you doing? Many times the answer was, I'm busy. And they're talking about all the different things that they're doing. And they're going to and fro. And now, during the pandemic, people aren't busy, as, used, as they used to be anyway. And so you ask the question, how are you doing? And the number one answer that I get is, I'm tired. And so as we begin to dig into that question of why are you tired, what does that mean? And there's all kinds of different things. One is because I'm at home, and when you're not in action and not moving, you actually get tired. There is a fatigue to that. But then also there's this fatigue over the mass. There's a fatigue over all the rules and all this different stuff. But then also I think there's a fatigue of the soul. And that we just, as we get quiet and we get still with one another, we're not able to medicate. And so we, the numbness begins to go away. And so there's this fatigue that happens. How long, O oh Lord, are you going to allow us to be in this season? How long, O oh Lord, are you going to let me deal with my pain, my grief, my suffering, my isolation, my despair? The circumstances around me are changing, and I do not like that I'm not in control anymore. I do not like that life is not easy. Listen to this. When we lament, we break the numbness by the admission of our pain and loss. I think this is why counseling is so important and so valuable, is that when we go to a counselor, what are we doing? We find someone that we can trust, and we voice our pain. We voice our shame. We voice our regret. And the things that we've been using to numb the pain, the things that we've been using to numb the shame or to push it off to the side, in that moment we give voice to it, and therefore we recognize that we're not God and we're not in control, and now we're laying our inner selves before someone else. And that's a scary thing for us to do, but in that moment, numbness goes away, and we actually recognize the pain that's deep inside, and from that, healing can take place. It's like going to the doctor and saying, hey, you lift up your leg and say, listen, here's where I sawed myself and be able to show it so that the doctor can begin to do the healing. When we authentically lament, we break the numbness of our soul, and by that admission, pain and loss and healing can begin. So the first thing to get is to lament gives voice to your pain. The second thing is that when you lament and give voice to it, you invite God in to heal your pain. By giving voice to it, you then invite God into it. What does it say in the passage? It says, turn, O God, and answer me. I think about those moments with my kids. I don't know if you've had these moments, but your kids don't listen to you, and you want to have a deep discussion with them. And so what do you do? You get down on one knee, and you say, you grab them gently by the face, and you turn their face toward your face, and you say, look me in the eyes and read my pink furry lips. And you know then in that moment that you've got their attention, and they are hopefully, and that they're hopefully listening to you. That's the image that David has for us. He's like, God, I just, I'm crying out. I feel like I'm in the desert, and I'm crying, and you're not listening to my pain. You're not hearing me. And he says, turn to me and answer me. It's a very strong image of David literally reaching out to God and saying, God, turn your face toward me so that I know that you are hearing what I'm saying. How do we typically deal with pain? We do two things, typically. The first thing that we do is we stuff it. 
I think this is definitely one of the guys' things that we do is that we're, we're in pain. If somebody says, hey, you, you've lost your left foot, you just chopped it off, how are you doing? Ah, it's a little, it's a flesh wound, it's a scratch, I'll be okay. We have a tendency to just kind of push pain down. It doesn't exist. And I think one of the reasons for guys is because we, we're the ones, we understand that we're to be the knight in shining armor. We're the ones to bring security to the family relationship. And so we stuff down our pain and our suffering and the things that we're struggling with. And so but pain, one of the ways we deal with it is to stuff it. The other way that we deal with it is that we vomit it. And many of the reasons, one of the reasons that we vomit it is because we've stuffed it so long that it can only hold so much. Have you ever seen someone that they just continue to stuff a trash can or a trash bag and they just keep going and they keep going and they keep going and then as soon as they let go, just stuff goes everywhere. That's us and our souls. Is that we have a tendency to stuff it and 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 then one day the kid spills the milk on the table and that's the one thing that just... And you explode. It has nothing to do with the spilled milk. It has everything to do with the last two, three, four, five weeks or months or years of stuff, of hurt, and of grief, and of pain, and of suffering. And you've just stuffed it. Instead of giving voice to it, you've just stuffed it. And you've held it there until that moment that something, just one little bitty light thing lands on it. And boom, here it comes. And you vomit it everywhere. What's the healthy way to deal with our pain? It's to lament. It's to give voice to it. Whether it's voice it to God or to voice it to a friend or to voice it to your spouse and say, hey, that hurt or that hurts, and you begin to, to deal with it and to talk through it. And again, one of the reasons that a counselor is good for us is because some of us, we don't have friends that we can trust with some of the deep things of our soul, and so we have to pay a friend, and that's totally fine, to find someone that will hear us and we can say, Turn your face toward me and hear my pain. Because some of us, we've vomited on people or we have shared things that are deep and friends have broken that trust. And so it's a struggle for us. And so to find a counselor is totally fine, but you need to do it. It's the healthy thing to do is to lament and to give over and to name your pain. That's why counseling is good. One of the things about lamenting does is it kills this myth that we're self-sufficient beings, that we can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps or we can handle it, we can do it. And that's actually the, the narrative of the gospel, is that we admit that we're human and that we cannot save ourselves, that we don't have the strength or the wisdom or the ability to save ourselves. And so in that moment of lamenting, it's a reminder of the fact that there is a God and we are not it, and it kills that myth of self-sufficiency. For when we lament, it allows God to step in to those dark places of our life and allows him to heal. It allows us to be authentic. And it's in those moments that he does that that he begins to transform us. And so in that transformation process, then on the other side of it, there's this Christmas morning thing that whenever we open up the presents, God gives us gifts and he gives us a new perspective that we could have never appreciated if we hadn't walked through the dark places, and voice our pain. Because of walking through the sorrow, through walking through the pain and giving voice to it, there's healing that happens that on the next side of it, on Christmas morning, we're able to open up gifts, and God gives us gifts that we weren't prepared for before the lamenting, that we weren't prepared for before the grieving, before the sorrow. And God brought us through that, so on the other side, he could give us the gifts that we could enjoy and appreciate and use 
that wouldn't have been appropriate for us before. The third thing that I want you to get is lament leads to a new life or to a renewed life. What does it say? It says, but I will trust, but I will rejoice, but I will sing. And why can we trust? Because of his unfailing love. That consistently, over and over and over again, his love did not fail. And every time that we can lean on him and it develops that trust a little bit more, his unfailing love, so the trust begins to build. And, and just, just the this, this cycle of trusting and of unfailing love continues to grow. And that's for us as followers of Christ. The longer that we're walking, the longer that we can lament and, and lean into these things, these dark places, God shows his unfailing love. He doesn't run away. It's not too big. He's not surprised. It doesn't hurt him. He's there. He receives it and walks through it with us and provides healing for us. Unfailing love, trust. Unfailing love, trust. It's almost like a snowball effect and that it speeds up during the darkest times and slows down during the easy times. Because when things are easy, we don't trust in God. Let's be honest. We don't lean on him. We lean on, man, I've got it good. But whenever things begin to get dismantled, we say, God, why, God? And that's in those moments. He's unfailing. We trust. He's in, the, he's in the hard times. He's in the easy times as well. You've been pulled up from this place. One of the things that, as we were thinking about this passage this week in a staff meeting and a couple other places, we talked about this idea of, of trust. And, and one of the things that I think that we've lost um, is that we place our trust in the wrong things. We place our trust in the wrong people. We tra- place our trust in the wrong things that if we're going to buy this or this career is going to fulfill us or whatever. And um, I think we saw this come to fruition through the election. I think the pandemic and all the different things kind of have risen some things up and that there's this hope and there's this trust that we've placed in the American dream, that you're going to have 2.5 kids, you're going to have three cars, you're going to have this house with a white picket fence, and you've got all this different stuff. And so there's this American dream that we have before us, and that for some reason, the pandemic and social unrest and the election, all this, think of it this way, is that many times in American Christianity, is what I've seen, is that we place so much hope and trust in the American dream, is that we're living in two kingdoms. And then we're here, here with my left foot, we have the American dream kingdom, and then here with my right foot, we have the gospel kingdom. And that Many times when things are good, when things are great, when things are going in our way, we place a lot of our weight and expectation and hope in the American dream thing. And then when all of a sudden, like the election and stuff doesn't kind of go whatever way, it kind of gets the rug pulled out from underneath you, and all of a sudden you're like, oh. And so we equated our hope and trust in the gospel and confused it with the American dream because we think God has blessed this nation above any other nation and all that different stuff. And so weight gets here. And all of a sudden it gets ripped out. And so then we're like, oh, we lose our footing. And then all of a sudden we've got to grab over here. And so my question has been for myself this week and for others this week is, where is truly my hope? Where is truly my trust? Where is truly my dreams? Where is truly my future? Is it in the American dream or is it in the gospel? And that's for us as Christians to kind of pull back and ask that question. Because yes, Things are are changing and our world is dismantling and that's okay, but God's not surprised by it. But for us as Christians, where have we put our weight and our hope and our expectations? Is it that I'm going to get the money and the job and the career and all the different things that I have? Or is it that I have an opportunity to wake up every single morning and receive good gifts from God because I'm his child? And that that is enough. 
That's the gospel. And somewhere along the way, for many of us, myself included, it's so easy to confuse the American dream with the gospel message. And so my prayer is this morning, as we think about this idea of lament, and we're asking this question of, oh Lord, how long am I going to have to wear a mask, or whatever the different things that you're dealing with, as you also deal with this question of, God, where is my hope and trust? Is my trust in the unfailing love of Yahweh in Jesus, or is it in the American gospel? That's my prayer. True sorrow, authentic sorrow, leads us to a better tomorrow. To truly say, God, I don't understand. Turn your face to me. I want to hear it from your lips. So that Christmas morning, the gifts that you receive, the sorrow that you take me for, that on Christmas morning I can receive these new gifts because I've walked through the pain. I've given voice to it, and I've allowed the suffering and the grief. There's an old country Christian song that says, the harder the winds blow, the deeper the roots go. And the idea is this, is that there's going to come circumstances in life, there's going to be storms in life, and if the roots of the tree are not deep and strong, what's going to happen? The tree is going to go. If there's any decay, the tree is going to go over. But for us, it's in these moments of lamenting that we actually seek and search after God, that we're looking for something more, that our roots grow deeper so that when life's circumstances truly begin to blow us, we may shake and shimmer a little bit, but the deep roots actually keep us alive and standing in the midst of life's circumstances. That's the beauty of lament, is asking those questions, and as we seek and we search, search and look, we're diving deeper and building deeper roots because life's going to come. And the world is watching us and saying, what do you place your faith in? Where do you place your trust? And as life circumstances come, as followers of Christ, our roots are deep and things can shake, but we will not fail. Not because of our strength, but because of his. So this morning, give voice to your pain. Shout it out. God's good and big. Look throughout Psalms. Even Jesus' final words on the cross were a psalm of lament. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is there a more beautiful time of worship than that? Even in our worship, we can lament and say, my God, my God, why does it appear that you've forsaken me? But to know his unfailing love, consistently there and pursuing us. Give voice. God's not going to take away your pain, but he's going to use it to transform us, to enjoy the gifts on the other side. True sorrow leads to a better tomorrow. Let's pray together. Father, we admit that we are not honest with you There are many times that we just pretend that life is okay, that we put a fake smile on, we put a Christian Christian mask on, and we don't, we're not authentic in that moment when someone says, how are you doing? We don't lament. So Father, I pray for those in this room, if they don't have a friend that they can lament to, that you would provide one. Father, that 
you are ready and willing to receive it, but if they need someone else, that you would provide that. Father, that we would find comfort and strength in the ability to just lay it out before you and to just give you the business of what we're feeling and thinking inside and to know that you're okay and that because you are God, it is the best place, best place to do it and the best person to receive it. You already know it, you understand it, and you will receive it. And so, Father, I pray that we would just be a people that are authentic in that and just say, God, here's my mess. Help me through it. And, Lord, that to know that in our true, deep, authentic sorrow, that on the other side of you walking us through it, that the other side there's gifts and treasures and blessings that we would not be able to appreciate and understand if it had not been for those seasons of sorrow and grief and pain. Father, thank you for lament. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.